0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Macabre for Mortals. Thank you for your patience for waiting for the last episode. We are now out of a lockdown here in Brisbane, but we've still got to wear our masks for the next 10 days. To be fair, I thought that we should have to wear masks earlier as social distancing is not really a thing where I am. And they're still obviously testing a lot of people here to make sure that the UK variant of COVID-19 is not out too much in the public. Unfortunately there's not very many tests going on and they do do a lot of testing throughout the sewages and it is prevalent around the sewages but of course we don't know who it is and where it's gone. But I digress. This week as I mentioned at the end of last episode I'm covering the tale of the Pied piper Most of us will remember the story from our childhoods and while talking to a few of my friends about it, they remember the light version, but like every fairy tale or legend, there is always a dark side to it. So this week I'm actually going to start the episode by reading the short story of the tale of the Pied Piper as it's written in one of my son's bedtime storybooks. So I hope You who do know the story will bear with me, and those who don't know the children's story, then please enjoy. A long, long time ago, the people in the town of Hamlin had a big problem. There were too many rats in Hamlin. The people tried everything to get rid of the little pests, but in vain. There were rats of every color and shape. And even the cats couldn't do a thing. The chief of the town called a meeting and told everyone that he would give 10 sacks of gold to anybody who could save them from the rats. Finally, one day, a stranger from a faraway land came to Hamlin. Dressed in colourful clothes, he had a feather in his hat, and he carried a musical pipe. He said to the townspeople he would get rid of the rats. Then the stranger took his pipe and started playing a strange but wonderful tune. All the rats in town heard the music and began to run towards him. As he walked through the streets of Hamelin playing his pipe, more and more rats followed him. Rats from every corner of the town followed the Pied Piper and his music. The clever man took them all down to the river. There, one by one, all of the rats fell into the water and drowned. Hamlin was free from the rats. The Pied Piper went back to the town to collect his reward. But now the problem was solved. The greedy townspeople did not want to pay him any money. The Pied Piper was very angry and thought to teach this town a lesson. Immediately, the Pied Piper began playing his pipe again. This time, all the children in the town heard the music and ran after him. Every girl and every boy of Hamelin began to follow the magical music. The Pie Piper took them to a cave outside of the city and closed the cave door with a huge rock. Only two children were left behind. One little boy who had hurt his leg, and a little girl who could not hear anything. They went to the townspeople and told them what had happened. Now, the townspeople were very scared and very ashamed of breaking their promise. They went to the cave where the Pied Piper was begged for forgiveness. They even promised him 20 sacks of gold. Finally, The Pied Piper let the children go. The town of Hamelin learned never to be ungrateful and greedy. Then the Pied Piper disappeared, never to be seen again. But they say that sometimes in Hamelin, if you listen very carefully, you can still hear the wonderful sound of his pipe. Now, to the legend: the Pie Piper of Hamlin, German Ratterfinger von Hamlin, who is also known as the Pan Piper or the Rat Catcher of Hamlin, is the titular character of the legend from the town of Hamlin or Hamlin in Lower Saxony, Germany. In 1284, while the town of Hamlin was suffering from a rat infestation, The piper dressed in the multicoloured or pied clothing appeared, claiming to be the rat catcher. He promised the mayor a solution to their problem with the rats, and the mayor in turn promised to pay him for a reward for the removal of rats. As we heard in the children's story, it's ten sacks of gold, and according to some versions of the story, the promise sum some was a thousand guilders. The piper accepted and played his pipe to lure the rats into the Weser River, where they all drowned. And as we heard, despite the piper's success, the mayor regained on his promise and refused to pay him the full sum. It is rep- reputably reduced to a sum of 50 guilders, so from a 1,000 to 50. Even... The mayor went so far as to blame the piper for bringing the rats himself, in extortion attempt. Enraged, the piper stormed after the town, vowing to return later to take revenge. On St John and Paul's day, when the adults were in church, the piper returned dressed in green like a hunter and playing his pipe. In doing so, he attracted the town's children. 130 children followed him out of town and into a cave and were never seen again. Depending on the version, at most three children remained behind. One was, uh, I don't like saying this, but in better terms, lame, and could not follow quickly enough. The second was hard of hearing or deaf and therefore could not hear the music, and the last was blind and their unable to see where he was going. These three informed the villagers of what had happened when they actually came out of the church. Other versions relate that the Pied Piper led the children to the top of Koppelberg Hill, where he took them to a beautiful land, or a place called Koppenberg Mountain, or Transylvania, or that he made them walk into the Wiser as he did the rats, and they all drowned. Some versions, as the children's versions above, state that the Piper returned the children after payment, or that he returned the children after the villagers paid several times the original amount of gold. The Hamlin street named, please forgive my pronunciation, it's Bungerlossomstras, which is a street without drums, is believed to be the last place that the children were seen. Ever since, music or dancing is not allowed on this street. So the earliest mention of the story seems to have been on a stained glass window placed in the Church of Hamlin in around thirteen hundred. The window was described in several accounts between the 14th and the 17th centuries, as it was destroyed in 1660. Based on the surviving descriptions and a modern reconstruction of the window, has actually been created by the historian Hans Dobberton. It features the colorful figure of the Pied Piper and several figures of the children dressed in white. The window is generally considered to have been created in memory of a tragical historical event for the town. Also, town Hamlin records apparently start with this event. The earliest written record is from the town chronicles in an entry from 1384, which reportedly states it's a 100 years since our children left. And although research has been conducted for centuries, there is no explanation for the historical event. Although it is universally accepted as being a true event. In any case, the rats were first added to the story in a version from about 1559, as they are actually absent from earlier accounts of the story. just going to go through a few theories of why there would be written down in the town's records saying that it's a number of years since the children left and just actually delve into different theories of what different people have theorized and predicted and thought what has actually happened during this time. The first theory is it could have been just natural causes. A number of theories suggest that the children died of some natural causes such as disease or starvation, and that the piper was actually a symbolic figure of death. Analogous the themes which are associated with this theory include the dance of the death um, or as the music that is played at the beginning of this podcast, The Dance of the Macabre, or the dance which is a common medieval trope. Some of the scenarios that have been suggested as fitting this theory include that the children drowned in the River Wazer, or were killed in a landslide, or contracted some disease during an epidemic. I think we can all sort of see what a pandemic or an epidemic can actually do since we are actually all in one at the moment it may not be our children who are being affected but it's certainly our elderly and people with weakened respiratory systems that be affected and how quickly it can wipe out a whole generation so if this is something that happened in the 1200s it is something that could have been seen and a lot of the times people did try to give some reasoning behind and try and find comfort in that reasoning. Another modern interpretation reads the story as alluring to the event where the Hamlin children were lured away by a pagan or heretic sect to the forests near Koppenburg, the mysterious Coppin Hills of the poem for ritual dancing where they all perish during a landslide or a collapsing sinkhole. Possible, but personally, I think it was probably due to an epidemic of some disease since child morality rates were so, so high during this time. There is also something that's called the immigration theory. Speculation on the immigration theory is based on the idea that the 13th century overpopulation of the area resulted in the oldest son owing all the land and power, leaving the rest of the people around them as serfs. It has also been suggested that one reason the emigration of the children was never documented was that children were sold to a recruiter from the Baltic region of the Eastern Europe, a practice that was not uncommon at the time. In an essay called The Pied Piper Revisited, Sheila Harty states that the surnames from the region settled are similar to those from Hamlin, and that selling off illegitimate children, orphans or other children of the town could not this, that the town could not support is the more likely explanation. She states further that this may account for the lack of the records in the event of the town chronicles. In his book, The Pied Piper Handbook, Wolfgang Meider states that historical documents exist showing that people from the area, including Hamlin, did settle in parts of Transylvania. Transylvania had suffered under lengthy Mongol invasions of Central Europe, led by the two grandsons of Genghis Khan, which date from around the time of the earliest appearance of the legend of the Piper in the early cent- 13th century. In the version of the legend posted on the official website for the town of Hamlin, another aspect of the emigration theory is presented. Among the various interpretations, reference to the colonization of Eastern Europe starting from Lower Germany is the most plausible one. The children of Hamlin would have been, in those days, citizens willing to emigrate being recruited by the landowners to settle in Moravia, East Prussia, Pomeranian, or in the Teutonic land. It is assumed that in past times all people of a town were referred to as children of the town, or town children, as is frequently done today. The legend of the children's exodus was later connected to the legend of the expelling of rats. This most certainly refers to the rat plagues being a great theory in the medieval milling town and more or less successful professional rat catchers. The theory is provided credence by the fact that the family names common to Hamlin at the time show up with surprising frequency in the areas of Ukative Ucht- and Pritznick near Berlin. Historian Ursula Sauter. Citing the word of linguistic Jürgen Udolf offers this hypothesis in support of the emigration theory. After the defeat of the Danes at the Battle of Bornhoven in 1227, explains Udolf, the region south of the Baltic Sea, which was inhabited by the Slavs, became available for colonisation by the Germans. The bishops and dukes of Pomerania, Brandenburg, Uckmark, and Pris- Prignitz sent out glib locators, or medieval recruitment officers, offering ritual rewards to those who were willing to move to the new lands. Thousands of young adults from Lower Saxony and Westphalia headed east, and as evidence, about a dozen Westphalian place names show up in this area. Indeed, there are five villages called Hindenburg, running in a straight line from Westphalia to Pomerania, as well as the three Eastern Spiegelenbergs, and a trail of entomology from Beruvian south of Hamlin to Brevian northwest of Berlin, to Boerwegen in modern Poland. Udo favours the hypothesis that the Hamlins' used wound up in what is now Poland. And genealogist Dick Eastman cited Udolf's research on Hamlin surnames that have shown up in Polish phone books. Linguistics professor Jurgen Udolf says that 130 children did vanish on a June day in the year of 1284 from the German village of Hamlin in Germany. Udolf entered all of the known family names in the village at the time and then started searching for matches elsewhere. He found that the same surnames occur with amazing frequency in the regions of Prignitz and Uckermark, both North Berlin. He also found the surnames in the former Pomeranian region, which is now a part of Poland. Udolf surmises that the children were actually unemployed youths who had been sucked into the German drive to colonise its new settlements in Eastern Europe. The Pied Piper may have never existed as such, but, says the Professor, there were characters known as Locatus who roamed North Germany trying to recruit settlers for the East, and some of them were actually brightly dressed, and all were silver-tongued. Professor Udolf can also show that Hamlin Exodus should be linked with the Battle of Behoven in 1227 which broke the Danish hold on Eastern Europe. That opened the way for the German colonization and by the latter part of the 13th century, there were system- systematic attempts to bring able bodied Jews to Brandenburg and Pomerania. The settlement according to the professor's name search ended up near Starogard, which is now northwestern Poland a uh, village near Hamlin, for example, is called Beruven, and is almost the exact counterpart called Brevingen, near Pritzwalk, north of Berlin, and the, also the other one, Berwingen, near Stuttgart. Local Polish telephone books list names that are not the typical Slavic names one would expect in that region. Instead, many of the names seem to be derived from German names that were common in the village of Hamlin in the 13th century. In fact, the names in today's Polish telephone directories include Hamel, Hamler, and Hamlin klau all apparently derived from the name of the original village. There are other theories surrounding an explanation for the pie Piper, but they're not ones that can be really given any credence and there's no no real supportive evidence of them so one of the theories have like the disappearance of the children to mass psychogenic illness in the form of a dancing mania dancing mania outbreaks occurred during the 13th century including one in 1237 in which a large group of children travelled from Umft to Anstad, about 20 kilometres, jumping and dancing all the way, in a marked similarity to the legend of the Pied Piper of Hamlin, which originated around the same time. Others have suggested that the children left Hamlin to be part of a pilgrimage, a military campaign, or even a new children's crusade which is said to have occurred around 1212 but never returned to their parents. These theories see the unnamed Piper as the leader or the recruiting agent and the town people made up the story instead of recording the facts to avoid the wrath of the church or the king. William Manchester's, A World Lit Only by Fire, places the events in 1484, a hundred years after the written mention in the town's chronicles that it is a hundred years since our children left, and further proposes that the Pied Piper was a psychopathic paedophile, although for the time period it's highly improbable that one man could abduct so many children undetected. Furthermore, nowhere in the book does Manchester offer proof of his description of the facts that he presents them. He also makes similar assertions regarding other legends, also without supporting evidence. But then again, I don't, I can't really discard this one because people didn't acknowledge paedophiles back in the 11th century, 13th century. Because they just didn't, they didn't think, they didn't, or they did know that something was going on, but they just brushed it off. So even though I think that it might have been improbable that One man could abduct so many children at one time, it could have been that it was done over a period of time and that the townspeople have said, yes, it is 100 years since our children left. Like it all could have happened in one year or a few years or a period of time. There's lots of people who we've seen who've done this over a period of time. So even though I don't, I'm not saying that this is the actual reason, I don't think that we can really discount William Manchester's version of that because it's probably highly probable that it could have happened. So, apart from Hamlin's town records, there are a few different areas where the tale of Pied Piper has actually been recorded down at different points in history. So, Deacon Lude of Hamlin was reported in 1384 to have in his possession a chorus book containing a Latin verse giving an eyewitness account of the event of the Pied Piper that actually happened in Hamelin. Even though this was a good 100 years after the event, it's still possible because we can still talk and have records from our elders that we know stories of. It may have been embellished in certain ways, but we certainly know their stories. The Lundberg manuscript, in about 1440 to 1450, gives an early German account of the event, rendered in the following form of an inscription on the house known as Rattenfangenhaus, House, in English, the Ratcatcher's House or the Pie Piper's House in Hamlin. Anno 1284, am Jonas at Pulia Wood de 26. In English, in the year of 1284, on the day of Saints John and Paul, on the 26th of June, 130 children born in Hamlin were misled by a piper clothed in many colours to Calvary near the Coppen and lost. According to the author, Fanny Rosten-Lundman, this is the oldest surviving account. The Koppen, High German Coupe, meaning knoll or domed hill, seems to be the reference to one of the several hills surrounding Hamlin. Which of them was intended by the manuscript's author remains uncertain. Somewhere between 1559 and 1565, Count Froben Christoph von Zimmermann included a version in his Zimmermisch Chronik. This appears to be the earliest account which mentions the plague of rats. Von Zimmermann dates the events only as several hundred years ago, for hundreds John. so that his version throws no light on the conflict of date. Another contemporary account is that of John Wayne in his De Pratis Démonon. As we can see, this legend does seem to have quite an almost set in stone start date. So it is actually recorded in history there is it is something where children went missing or lost, as they tend to say. So I think all the legends and all the stories that surround the Pied Piper, any one of these theories could be true. There's nothing that we can definitely put our finger on which would say, yes, this is it. This is the true story. And I don't think any of us would know. However, I just think it's so interesting to go back into the past, see that it is actually something from history and how through each generation, each century, it has been built on and embellished and then made into the children's story of today. When I was told this story as a child and how I... Retell this story to my child I try to get over the message that You can't rob someone If they have provided you with kindness If they provided you With something You cannot be greedy Or selfish or mean to them That's something I think that we're trying to learn and get through today. I'm finding that a lot of people during this pandemic are being quite selfish. You see people who are partying, who have no concern for social distancing, they think to themselves, oh, it's not me. But they do not realize that they could pass it on to someone who's very vulnerable. And then that whole person's family has been affected. And uh, it's just hard to see, like, such selfishness. And I think that's what this story goes along, is that the Pied Piper didn't know the town. He had no ties to the town, yet he helped the town for something big that was affecting every single citizen of that town and he got rid of it and he came back for his promised payment but because the problem was gone and they didn't want to part with their money they went no you don't belong here you're an outsider you might have even brought it so how quickly that nastiness how quick the prejudice comes around for oh no you're not part of us And then when something was taken from the townspeople that meant something, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's the right thing to do to take someone's child. But in the meaning of the story, if then they went and take something that means something to you, then you realize just how selfish you've been. Could possibly be like, oh, this coronavirus has nothing to do with me but then someone in your family is affected by it. And then all of a sudden, it means something to you. Maybe that's something similar that's going on in this story. Quite poignant, maybe. Just food for thought. If you have any questions or have any theories yourself, please let me know. I found this so interesting because I love legends that have come up through hundreds of years but actually have some history behind them but also have that layer of underlying meaning but also have been built up over the years it's not the whole Krampus thing I love it love things like this but yes throw me your theories let's see what we can come up with I'm either putting it on that I think there was a disease and something happened or I actually think it could have been, unfortunately, a psychopathic paedophile over a number of years who took the children from them. We'll see. So my sources this week were Wikipedia for just a bit of a background of the Pie Piper, just where it came from, what city, all of different things like that. I also got from bedtimestories.com.au, which is the story that I actually read to my son of the Pied Piper. Um, also, I read the essay of the Pied Piper re- Visited by Sheila Harty, which was really good. I really enjoyed it. And most the most information that I actually did get was um, from Wolfgang Midas, um, the Pied Piper Handbook, which if you really want to read something that dips into all of these things, fabulous absolutely brilliant, loved it. Um, I also uh, read the theory from Zbigniew Udolf. Um, I just went onto Google, went through a few of his backgrounds, mainly through Ursula Sutton. Um, Then I also went into Dick Eastman's um, Polish phone book essay, which was where he cited some of Udolf's research into um, the backgrounds of names. Also, I briefly touched on um, William Manchester's A World Lit Only by Fire. I just read the bits um, pertaining to the Power Piper. I didn't really have time to delve too deeply into the rest of it, but... I'm sure I will do at some point since he seems to um, have similar surgeons regarding other legends, which I would actually like to read into now. So um, next week, I'm a little bit at a loss of what to do. I have several topics which I want to cover. Um, One of the main ones which I actually wanted to cover, which I don't know whether I'm going to do over a series or just do one episode on it, is actually what we mean by parole. So when a person's going to prison, they are meant to be rehabilitated and then come out on parole. So I have actually sat on some of the boards of a parole. So I have a bit of insight which what goes on um, through my forensic psychology, I know different things which can play a role into the parole and I just want to give opinions and also research backing whether parole works, whether it doesn't or what types of people it works on. Um, It is a very sensitive topic as in different countries it's different, it's got different meanings, different crimes in different countries cover parole so it's It's a very wide subject, and I'm not quite sure what angle that I want to come at it by yet. And since it's school holidays still here, seems like they're going on for the rest of month 13 of 2020. But I think I might leave that till we're back at school. So next week, I'll probably cover another topic like this week, just to give us a little bit of... um, sort of a palate cleanser after all the true crime that I have actually given over the past few weeks so thank you so much for listening to another episode of macabre for mortals if you want to see any of the pictures or anything that relates to any of the episodes that I've done then I've uploaded them on our instagram page which is just macabre for mortals if you could give me a like or a follow on there that would be great um It just gives you a brief description and also you can just see some of those pictures. I do have a Facebook group, which is Macabre for Mortals podcast. So if you'd like to obviously get onto that, then that's absolutely great. If you have any topics that you'd like me to cover or if you have any ideas or theories behind the pie piper or anything that I've talked about in the last few episodes, just drop me an email at mortals at gmail.com. As I said, it's been an interesting start to the year 2021. But I hope you all have a fantastic week and stay safe as best as you can. Bye now.